Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello again, everybody. My name is Mike Petralia. It's episode 229 of Patriots Beat on the CLNS Media Network, www.clnsmedia.com. Follow us on Twitter at CLNS Media, on Facebook at facebook.com slash CLNS Media. And we now have a brand new relaunched website. The all-new CLNS Media website is launched at clnsmedia.com. That's the home of this podcast and over 40 other podcasts and vidcasts in the world of sports, finance, comedy, and lifestyles. We're so excited to have our show featured on the new CLNS Media website. Support our network by checking out this episode at clnsmedia.com. All right, let's get right to it. It's my pleasure to welcome the star of Patriots' fifth quarter on WBZ, but more importantly, one-third of the popular Ordway, Merloni, and 4AA midday show on WEEI from 10 to 2 every weekday. That would be the one and only Super Bowl 38 and 39 champion, Christian 4AA. Christian, thanks for taking time out to join me today. Good. How you doing, Mike? Uh, I like the intro. I appreciate it. Uh, I would say uh, I wouldn't say one third of that show. I'd see, I'm, I'm the better part of ninety percent of that show, but uh, that's to be debated, I'm sure. But uh, Ray talking sports. Yeah, I am too. And um, obviously, uh, let's get right to the point, and that is uh, the story, the Seth Wickersham ESPN dot com story that broke last Friday. And everybody's been talking about it, had their takes on it uh, now for a good three or four days. Uh, I heard you uh, break it down uh, tremendously well, I thought, uh, with with a good deal of passion, but also insight, because obviously you played with the Patriots, you played with Tom Brady, you know what it's like inside that locker room. Um, I want to get your thoughts on if you really think there is some serious tension that Patriot fans should be concerned about between Robert Kraft uh, Bill Belichick and uh, the quarterback. Um, I mean, I'm sure there was. I'm, uh, you know, I think for the most part of, of their time together, you know, all three of them had a pretty good working relationship, and really specifically, you know, Bill and Tom. And you know, every now and then, man, if you're together as long as they are, there's change. Everybody's changed. Bill's changed. Robert. Robert Kraft has changed. His life circumstances have changed. Brady has changed. His way of thinking has changed. His lifestyle has, I mean, it's crazy. So there's bound to be, you know, something that comes up that you didn't foresee that's going to cause people to either, I guess, hold a grudge 
uh, feel, I mean, feel maybe a little disgruntled, uh, I mean, pushed around, uh, maybe, uh, not valued. And, yeah, I think, you know, I, I really think that's pretty much all it is. I don't see people like, I, I, would, I don't see like people like, you know, throwing passes in the dirt like Brady on purpose just to piss Bill off <laughs> or Bill putting together really a crappy game plan just to prove a point. Uh, you know, it, it just it doesn't happen. I think, I think that's for other organizations. That's it's a real petty way of thinking. It's a real childish way of thinking. You know, my uh, experience with everyone involved, especially when it came to business decisions, they were business decisions. And if you had an right. issue with them, well, then that's a whole another story. But you know, they're in those positions, Bill and Robert. You know, for a reason. So when you start questioning, you know, how somebody runs his team and what he wants to do, well, you're overstepping your bounds as a player because you really don't have any rights. You're not an owner. I don't care how long you've been there. You just kind of stay in your lane, do what you're told, speak what's spoken, and, you know, that's it. And I, I, I respect that. I like the fact that regardless of what Brady has accomplished, and he's accomplished more than any other quarterback in the history of the NFL – He's still treated the same way as a first-year rookie. So your colleagues, Kirk and Callahan, on Tuesday morning had Tom on, and he, the, he, they asked him point blank, were you liberated by the Jimmy G trade? And he laughed and said, that's ridiculous. Um, I think that characterization is completely, completely wrong. And... He went out of his way to say he is empathetic towards Jimmy Garoppolo, was empathetic towards Jimmy Garoppolo uh, when he was with the Patriots. I want to ask your opinion. Do you think there was part of him that if he wasn't liberated, which I thought when I read that story Friday morning, Christian, I got to tell you, I thought that was ridiculous and really um, over-exaggeration of what was actually the case, but I think it would only be human nature if Tom thought maybe I can take a deep breath and go, okay, there's not somebody looking over my shoulder. Do you think there's any truth to that? Well, um, I would say that really, if, if Brady lost his job to Jimmy Garoppolo, his resume is still pretty unbelievable. Right? I it mean, is. <laughs> so even if he ended up losing his job, it's not like his legacy is going to like, ah. And then what they'll say at the end is, oh, by the way, he lost his job to some 25-year-old kid who looked like Aladdin. Right? Now, that, that wasn't the case. But I will say there is a sense of ownership, I think, um, with all the positions out there. Anyone who owns a, who's a starter, which is my car, these are my golf clubs. Only I can use them. You're not messing. You know, it goes with a lot of things in your life. And a sense of pride, um, you know, and, and, and as far as where you've taken. So when some, when you know somebody was drafted to take your position and initially go, well, you know, he's not going to do it. He's not ready. He's not ready. Then you start seeing it for your own eyes. Yeah, this guy can be a starter in the league. Um, and it does kind of creep into your mind a little bit. But guys who are secure in their position and, you know, don't have low self-esteem, they just keep grinding. That actually forces them to play harder. And I can think you can look at, since Jimmy's been there, they've won two Super Bowls, you know, in unbelievable fashion. So, and a lot of that's because of what Brady was able to accomplish. But ultimately, I remember what happened with me. I mean, they, they, they kept bringing in guys every single year to try and take my job. 
And I remember, like, uh, just, you know, not being liberated, but um, it was a sense of, like, urgency on my part. Like, nothing is just assumed. Like, you're not just the starter because you're the older guy with the experience. You're the starter because you're playing the best. And once you stop playing the best, then we're going to give the other guy more opportunities to see if he can play better than you. So the key was always to never let him on the field. Never get hurt. Never, never let him. Never give him an opportunity to make a play to, you know, to throw some doubt into the minds of the coaches that maybe we should give this guy more touches, which means taking away touches from you. Um, but the word "liberated," I think, is is a reach because um, really, in the end, I think Brady is pretty comfortable in his own skin. And if it wasn't going to be here, it would have been somewhere else because he wouldn't just sat back and just played as a backup. He would have wanted to play. You and me both, uh, Christian, have heard Bill say this time and time again. Nothing, every time training camp rolls around in July, and now these days even before that in minicamp and what have you, no job is guaranteed. And I don't care if it's um, the fourth guard uh, on the third string offensive line or if it's Tom Brady, you have to earn your job every single year, and you start from ground zero every single season. And I do think that Belichick has installed that philosophy, and I think everybody, including Tom, has bought into that, and I think that's a key aspect of this story. Do you? Well, I think, to be honest with you, really to break it down even more, you, you really earn your job every day. Like, yeah, it's that's not good like, point. you know, uh, every game. It's literally every single day you come to work prepared, um, serious, focused, um, you know, and, and, and that there's a lot that goes into that. Um, and that's the way it should be because there's just too much competition. There's too much riding on it, and nobody's grandfathered in. You know, this isn't like you know, the good old boys club where we're just going to get by because uh, we like, you know, your dad. Uh, we like, the, you know, uh, we like the way uh, you know, the school you went to. It just doesn't work that way. And it really promotes a real competitive environment, which I appreciate because I like competing. Like, I mean, it, it really, it goes a lot into, like, the radio business, too. But you got a lot of strong personalities. you got a lot of guys that are successful. And it, it keeps you, you know, in tuned in what you're doing and you know that you can't just go out there and just throw your helmet out there and just act like you just just by being you is going to be enough like to me that's that's really where the stress where the stress comes in because a lot of people can't deal with every single day what do you mean i just did it yesterday well i proved it already no no you gotta do it again well but but, I, but that's three days in a row well it doesn't matter it's got to be it's got to be five days in a row Oh, I just did it five days. Well, it's got to be. It's really got to be six. It's really got to be every single day that you come to work prepared. And I think a lot of people, I mean, really, in all walks of life, they kind of like, oh, you know what? I've kind of done enough. Uh, I, I, I have a, I have a nice lead. I have a nice, uh, you know, I have a nice. Uh, I've done enough. I have enough equity built in to my character and my performance that I can screw up a bunch of times. That's just not the case. You know, it just doesn't work that way. And, and that, that's what I love about that building and that environment that is created by Bill. You know, you read a story like this, and we'll, I'll ask you one more question about Brady, and then we'll move on, I promise, Christian. You read a story like this, and plainly, 
Um, you see it paints Tom almost in a selfish light, right? Coaches, I don't think, would ever have a reason to throw him under the bus. But disgruntled players who see Tom and when he was there, Jimmy, day after day, I think, Christian, they might. And you know as well as anyone, Tom can be intense and demanding. I have a theory that I think some of those players who have trouble adjusting to that environment might see Tom, I don't want to say, well, I'm just going to say it, selfishly. And and I think that's where I think some of the sourcing of Wickersham's story came from. Wait, say, say that again? So you, you think that it what? I think some players inside that locker room would be upset or or frustrated with the way Tom deals with either them or other players on a day-after-day um, situation. Do you think any players inside that locker room would be upset with Tom? No, for what? And if they are, it's because they're jealous. Well, see, I and think... I mean, they're jealous. Well, that's kind of my point, Christian. That's what this story paints Tom to be, as jealous and selfish, right? I mean, did you not read this story and say, clearly, this does not paint Tom in a good light. It paints Belichick. Uh, Belichick's never changed. I thought it was stupid. Like, after, the more I read it, I was like, I just like, uh, ESPN, they're just a bunch of just big, just punks, really. Like, I hate ESPN. I hate what they stand for. I hate the fact that they're like, they're using Brady to get themselves some attention because nobody cares about their their, their their platform or their network. So they, they write up a bunch of stuff that, quite frankly, Mike, we've been talking about for weeks and months. Right. And then they don't bring up any new news. Right. Like, so wait, so wait, uh, yeah, yeah, there is tension, yeah. So here's, here's the thing that's really crazy. See, people, I feel, that are outside in New England, really outside of the building. Right. They, they, it's almost like they don't believe that a guy like this can be this humble, can be this unselfish can be this focus. It really is kind of comical sometimes when I think about it. The fact that that, that is who he is. Like, he's not playing a role. He's not acting like somebody he isn't. This is who he is. He's always worn his emotions on his sleeve. He's always been really generous with his, his time. I mean, I can go back to when I first got there to, like, last year. Like, the guy, this is who he is. So... He cursed out an offensive coordinator. Okay, we're all big boys. I've cursed out my boss. I've gotten fights with employees. It, it, it's it's a passion driven environment. You know, it, you know why? Because it matters to him. And if you're not getting pissed off about not being successful, then it doesn't mean enough to you. It's not important enough to you. People who show no emotion are just like, nah. Do they? Does that look like they care? The guy that gets pissed off and frustrated is because he knows he could have done better. So when I look at Brady and I look at the way he carries himself and I look at the way he works, it's, it's just funny like how people try to paint this picture of him that is so inaccurate. It's just beyond me. By people who really, maybe, it's a, maybe if it's a player on the team, I don't know. It's just, it's just, well, he's never, ever, ever, ever been like that. Right, and that's why exactly why I ask you that question, Christian, because you have been in that locker room. You've been around, Tom. You can you can tell me firsthand experience of what, what it's like you know, dealing with Tom day in and day out. And I don't think that story, when you have, an, and Belichick always talks about this, when you have anonymous sources, um, 
there's no accountability. You can throw whatever crap against the wall and hope it sticks. And yes, it looks like clickbait. And the story has since been walked back significantly, I think. I do think there were some legitimate points of a reporting in the story that are very good. I'm not going to demean, you know, what Wickersham did. I, you know, I think he did work hard on the story. But the problem is, it's one thing to have a, you know, a group of facts, right? And like you have a group of plays going into a game, but if you don't put them together right in the right game plan, it's it means nothing. Well, here you have a group of facts around the Patriots and and what people are might be saying inside the four you know, inside the walls of Gillette Stadium. But unless you provide proper context, it means nothing. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's just here's the thing, Mike: is Patriots the Patriots will always be a story, and people will because if you get look at Seth Wickersham, we've been talking about this clown for like almost a, <laughs> oh, going on a week. Yep, it's like it's like you know. And so 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 yesterday, Bill Belichick comes out and says and crap. They never, they never met. They never met with uh, never Goodell. Met with um, Roger Goodell, right? That is, Roger Goodell never met with him. Like with Wickersham, um, with, uh, alert today. I think he's going to change his change his story. So they didn't meet. They didn't meet. So, and here's the thing. So somebody's, and this happens as reporters, right? Yep. Guys give you bad information, or they give you information from their perspective. Maybe they saw something they thought wasn't there, and then maybe they embellished it. Hey, look, somebody, a reporter wants to talk to me. And then they, they give you more than they should. They want you, they want to, they want to, uh, you know, uh, they want your approval. They want an ahead of boy. They want to, um, they want to be part of the story. So everything gets embellished so they can tell, hey, hey, I don't know. So, Christian, just, um, yeah, that's why I asked you specifically about if there might be a disgruntled player or two, or if you think that that's where a story like this, which seems, I don't... No, and I would say, yeah, I don't want to cut you off, but I don't think there's any disgruntled players. How can you be disgruntled? Who's disgruntled on that team? Like, if you're disgruntled, it's because you ain't doing your job. So, because the only way you're not going to be involved is if you screw up. I mean, that's it. The only reason why you're not being involved is because you screw up. And you can't take coaching... You don't understand it. You don't want to try. Either you don't know or you don't care. Right. That's it. So, and which one is it? Right? Do you you just not know or do you just not care? I I guess you can't have one without the other. We're chatting with two-time Super Bowl champion with the New England Patriots, Christian Fourier. Listen up, Hoops fans. Basketball season is back. And now that your favorite hardwood heroes have returned to action, it's time for you to put your fantasy knowledge to the test to win huge cash prizes every night playing one-day fantasy basketball at DraftKings.com. At DraftKings, there are so many ways to play. Choose from public contests with huge cash prizes or private contests where you can compete against your friends. They've even got beginner and casual contests where you'll play against people of similar skill level. The best part, you'll get to draft a new team each day. And drafting a team is arguably the best part of fantasy. The only thing better? Of course, winning cold hard cash doing it. Just ask Dan from St. Louis or Jeremy from Austin. They both turned a $3 entry into 1000 bucks. Huge cash prizes and bragging rights await only at DraftKings. Use code CLNS at DraftKings.com 
play for free with your first deposit for your share of $10,000 in total prizes tonight. Don't wait. Use code CLNS at DraftKings.com now to choose your lineup, and you can seriously cash in tonight. That's code CLNS only at DraftKings.com. The game inside the game. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Once again, speaking with Christian Fourier, the two-time Super Bowl champion with the New England Patriots. All right, let's move on to some football that I'm sure you'll be happy to talk about. Simple question, Christian. Why do tight ends do so well in the Brady-McDaniel system, and is it more than just Gronk being superhuman? I don't know if it's just I, – ever since I got there, the tight end was, was always like a focus. You know, even when Bill was with the Giants, there was Bavaro, and then there was right. Ben Coates, and, you know, and Charlie Weiss was a big proponent of that. And, you know, it's just – if you have the right guy, you physically can't cover him, right? The linebackers, you know, are either – well, you know, depending on what area you, you go to, they were run-stopping linebackers, and – you know, they can't run with an athletic tight end. And if you put a strong safety on them, well, they're just not physically built to, you know, to, to cover them. They may be able the tight end's usually taller, usually stronger. So it's always a mismatch. So, and it's always, uh, you know, a, a, a good concept when you can attack the middle of the field, play action passes, you know, and, and, the, and the quarterbacks feel comfortable throwing them the ball because there, there's less margin for error. Instead of throwing it outside the numbers, you know, where it's a long throw, the ball's in the air, timing is a big, a big part of that. It's in the middle, they're closer, and usually bad things don't happen. So, I mean, in a nutshell, I think that's it. Um, and, uh, you know, I've always tried to, you know, focus on the tight end position in some form or fashion. Before he went out with concussion, uh, Christian, did you not think Travis Kelsey was obliterating the Titans? And did you not think, wow, if the Titans play the Patriots, Gronk's going to end the other tight ends, even Dwayne Allen, for that matter, uh, could have a big game Saturday night? Um, well, uh, no, I mean, I thought if they, uh, if they played against, uh, you tell me if the Patriots played against the Titans, they would have a big game? Yeah, yeah, like, uh, let, let's say, you know, the Titans did wind up winning that game, but did you not watch as uh, Kelsey was ripping apart the Titans going, the Titans really have trouble defending a tight end? Well, they said, I thought they had trouble covering everything. I mean, I, I didn't think they could do anything. They couldn't cover any of their skill position players. Everybody was getting over, and the tight end, the, the touchdown that uh, Kelsey caught, the linebacker's feet were in mud. Like, he didn't even, he didn't even move, you know, and by the time he realized it was it was a play-action pass, it was way too late. So, uh, yeah, I, I didn't think they were doing anything well. They figured it out in the second half, but um, I don't know. Like, it's, it's Dick LeBeau. It's the same old Dick LeBeau from when he was with the Steelers. So, right. Brady's had a lot of success against Dick LeBeau, so... I don't know that. I don't. I just don't think they have the personnel to cover all those skill position players, um, regardless of what type of scheme they're playing. Six and two, Brady is against um, Dick LeBeau and one and zero in the playoffs. You remember that playoff game, do you not? The two thousand and four AFC Championship. 
Yes, I do. I, was, I had a really good game. Like, yes, you did. That's cold as hell, and I, and I played really well. <laughs> so I was happy about that. Yeah, that's why I'm bringing this up. Um, so w- when you went against that LeBeau defense, what I mean, what as a Patriot player, uh, an offensive player, do you have to keep in mind uh, about the LeBeau de- uh, zone blitz game? Well, to me, it was always about recognizing what was out of place for me. You know, in the end, they're all just a bunch of spots, right? And it doesn't matter if it's a 50, a 90, a 26. Like, if you understand the way a defense needs to be built, then you understand, like, where the red flags are. So, if a defensive end and two guys, and I saw it, you know, with Tennessee, I was like, oh, that ain't right. Like, it just, they had two guys in the same area. And you knew one of them was going to leave. You just knew one, and it wasn't because they were. It was a mistake. It's because they were going to loop around somebody else, and somebody was going to, you know, somebody else was going to take that spot. So if you slow play, if you slow play any zone blitzes or any like exotic like uh, you know um, fronts with a lot of action and movement, when it's all said and done. There's somebody on the outside who has support. There's a guy on the inside. There's a guy that's, uh, you know, second-level support. There's a guy covering this gap. You just have to be patient and wait for it to identify itself. Like, the guys that overreact and, you know, and and uh, a guess, they usually get screwed. Because if you – because they, they just – they have to. They have to honor the structure of the defense. It's, it's the very way it was built. So, if you're in pass protection – you set, you set, you set. You wait for him to declare, and then you, then you, then it's easy for you to make your job. If you're, if you, if you're over aggressive, then you usually end up getting beat because here comes somebody else, and now they got you. And that goes with pass coverage too. Like they're just, they're just not going to leave the middle of the field open. Like somebody has to cover the middle of the field. The very integrity of the defense requires it. So if a linebacker blitzes and you don't have man cover. Uh, you got to know that you're probably going to run into a defensive tackle that's just in the area because he has to cover space. I never really had a problem with it, um, personally, but a lot of people do. Well, and I mean, I, that's one of the million things that makes Brady so great is he can recognize usually uh, when those blitz blitz zones are coming and identify hot reads and, and what have you and make the reads so quickly and obviously you've heard this before the way Brady beats you is before the snap I mean when he knows what's coming or has an idea before the snap um, he wins right I mean 99% of the time well I mean I think that's a personnel thing so I mean, that's all well and good. And now how's your defense built? Do you have guys that can run? Do you have a defensive front that could force him to make his throw quicker? You know, I always thought, like, recognizing it is one thing. He's got to beat there. And making sure that the – I mean, there's so many things that go into it when you really think about it. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody needs to be tied to a string. Like, everybody needs to be tied to a string. And everybody needs to be, you know, working – you know, in in accordance with what needs to happen. And if anybody's off or sees something differently, that's when uh, bad things happen. That's why that's when the, a quarterback throws a pass and he goes right to a defensive back. So a guy turns left and he should, should have turned right. He doesn't use his leverage correctly. 
He doesn't see the adjustment. He doesn't know he's the adjuster. He doesn't know he's the hot rod because he, he can't, he doesn't know who the mic is. He can't, he can't do the progression. Okay. And it's, and now the ball is snapped and he's like, oh crap, I don't know what to do. So now he's tentative and the quarterback isn't tentative. He's wanting to give rid of the ball, but now here comes the rush. Next to the right tackle doesn't hold his guy long enough. And then that's what happens. It's, you know, you see it every day. Okay, what to make, we'll wrap it up here, uh, Christian. What to make of Matt Patricia and Josh McDaniels? Are they both gone, do you think? And uh, uh, how will Matt Patricia do if he is if he joins uh, Bob Quinn in Detroit? How will he do as a head coach? Well, it's always funny. Like, it's just, um, I think if they allow him to build the team, then I think he has a good chance. I, I just feel like, you know, a lot of these coaches situations, like if you, just, if you don't fix it right away, if it doesn't look like Bill Belichick, then, you know, ah, you suck. You know? <laughs> right. Like, make it, make it to the playoffs, like 9-6, and 10-7, and I'm sorry, 9-7, and 10-6. and six. Like, those are good records in the NFL. I mean, depending on your division, depending on how good your division is. You know, like, winning nine games is hard. It's hard. Um, and, uh, you know, I... You know, it, oh, both these guys, it, you, you got a quarterback and you got a shot. Now it's all about uh, what your message is, how your team responds to that message, uh, how you incorporate that message into the week, and how you carry it forward throughout the whole year. You know, a, a, lot, of, a lot of things for me were, do I trust and believe what the coach is saying? Okay, that was the first thing. If I trusted and believed what he was saying, all right, now you got me for round two. Okay? But if I don't trust and, 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 and uh, agree with what you're saying, like, then, then you don't got me for round two. So if I trust and believe what you're saying, okay, let's keep going. Now, um, now I'll listen to you. Now I'll believe you because you're giving me information. You're backing it up. You're not, you know, you're being honest. It's a whole thing that, you know, you're not a fraud. You're not playing favorites. You're not like walking on eggshells. Nobody's bullying you around. You're not letting players dictate the way things are run. Like to me, that's huge. You know, and it's a fine line, you know, how you do those things. But the X's and the O's, I think both, uh, you know, Matt and I think Josh both have that down. But now, instead of just dealing with the the quarterback, instead of just dealing with, you know, the offense, now you're dealing with the offense and the defense. Now you're dealing with the traveling. Now you're dealing with uh, game prep. Now you're dealing with uh, practice schedule. Now you're dealing with the draft. I mean, you have a lot more on your plate. Like, to me, I think the, the, the shock will be like, man, I, there's not enough time in the day, you know, it's just to manage all this stuff. Because it's easy. I don't like to say it's easy being a coordinator, but, you know, you have your responsibilities, and that's it. You have your singular you know, focus, it. right. And you're dealing with your, your guy. Yeah, so now you're the head coach. You're dealing with everybody. You're dealing with all the personnel. You know, with some teams. I mean, you're dealing with everything. So, and scheduling, and just oh man, it, 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 it's it's uh, if you've never done that, first year is going to be rough. You know, it's going to be because you're going to want to do it Bill's way. You know, because that you've had success that way, but you're probably better suited doing it, doing it your way. But you don't know what that way is yet. So there's going to be some mistakes. There's going to be some miscommunication. There's going to be some, uh, ah, my bad, you know, uh, you know, all that stuff, you know. Um, 
it's a challenge, man. It again, it ain't an easy job, but um. Well, there he is, Christian Fourier, the star, and we want to get this out there, Christian, the star of OMF on WEI <laughs> from 10 to 2 every weekday. Christian, best way to follow you um, on Twitter? Sure, sure. Hit me up on Twitter. At Christian Fourier, of course. Um, Christian Fourier, Patriots, former Patriots tight end, Super Bowl 38 and 39 champion. Also star of Patriots fifth quarter on WBZ. And be sure to catch him uh, uh, when college football resumes uh, next season. He's a tremendous college football analyst for CBS Sports. I'm going to wrap it up real quick, Christian. Your quick thought on the Alabama comeback against Georgia on Monday night. Um. Well, uh, two things, two observations. Yep. Uh, Greeks can't be kickers, and Hawaiians <laughs> are really good quarterbacks. How about that? I love that. And appropriate with Mar- Marcus Mariota coming to town. Um, so the, is that reason for concern yeah. Saturday night? I don't know. I don't think so. I still don't, you know. I, nah, I, I don't yeah. think so either. Nah, I think uh, you got to like the Patriots pretty He's got big. a way to go. Got to like the Patriots pretty big on Saturday night. I really appreciate it, Christian. Stay with CLNS all day on game day, starting with the CLNS Media New England Patriots pregame show with Alex Barth. That's a half hour before every game. Then catch the postgame show with Marvin Ezon and Mike Molyneux live after every single game on CLNSmedia.com. You can subscribe to both on iTunes and Stitcher and YouTube now. Also get daily team updates on the Patriots Newsfeed podcast with Tyler Trudeau. Also available on the CLNS Media New England Patriots postgame show feed. Available again on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, and the CLNS Media mobile app. Thanks again for downloading today's Patriots Beat. want to once again thank our terrific guest, Christian Fourier from WEEI. You can follow him on Twitter at Christian Fourier. You can also give us a follow at Patriots underscore Beat and at CLNS Media. Give my own personal account a follow, of course. It's pretty easy. At Trags, T-R-A-G-S. Today's sponsor, DraftKings. For Patriots content manager, Michael Longy, CLNS Media Executive Producer Larry H. Russell, the founder of the network, Nick Gelso. Thanks to everyone who tuned in. This is Mike Petralia, and this is the Patriots Beat Podcast, powered by CLNS Media. What's going on, Pass Nation? This is Marvin Zahn of the CLNS Media Network, and I'm here to tell you right now to check out the CLNS Media New England Patriots postgame show hosted by myself and my co-host, Mr. Mike Nice. And we're live on CLNS Radio immediately after every single pass game. Call in at 929-477-2386 toll-free to get your voice heard and contribute to the host breakdown and analysis of the latest Patriots contest. We also got the stars and sorries of the day, Twitter posts for the plays of the game, and everything else that is going on with the five-time Super Bowl champion. Subscribe to CLNS Media New England Patriots postgame show on iTunes and Stitcher. And the best way, download the free CLNS Media Network mobile app for on-demand listening anytime, anyplace, anywhere.